conversate for a few. Hustle, welcome. Man, they had to send me. Hustle from Raleigh, live from NC with your host, John and Allen. Relate to the two. You are now listening to Conversate for a few. Check it on SoundCloud, debate with your crew. They talking hip hop from the late to the new. From July till June end, no Fridays for me. Tune in. Please listen to this podcast. 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 Conversate for a few. Welcome to the next episode of Conversate for a Few. I'm Jonna. I'm Allen. This is not a podcast about classical music. Absolutely is not. This is a podcast about hip hop. What we doing today, bro? Oh, man, we're talking about something real unique today. We're going to get into the compare and contrast of how Chuck D and Tupac may have I more do believe they do, bro. I think that's a think. Uh, that's an interesting pairing to contrast and compare. Because I don't think people give that too much thought. Um, and I don't think... And, and, and I... I do think some people may find our basis or at least my basis for that statement in this comparison and this contra- uh, contrast that we're going to do. They might find it a little blasphemous, but uh, we're going to see. We're going to see. So where do you think we should start? Tupac yeah, and Chuck yeah. D. Um, when, I, when I said that, when I brought that to you, did that uh, did it strike you as odd or did it... Uh-huh. It struck me as very odd, right? But then when I start, but then, but then when I when I thought deeper about it, it made sense, and I could see why you made you know mm. made the state. So so what action. about it struck you as I odd first? It. Like talk to me about that. And because just on the surface, you people think uh, when you think Chuck D on the surface, very first thought you're thinking of like super. Right, super um, mm-hmm. positive black power. Like I'm just saying, what the general take is on it. Then you think about Tupac, you think streets thug life. Now I'm not. Now I know Tupac mm-hmm. is much more than that, and I know his history and his background. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying mm-hmm. is, these are the death row image of Tupac, and which usually permeates the mind of the people. And and uh, and the life he was living at that time with Death Row, so it seems like they diametrically opposed. It would seem like, oh, this is too. It would definitely seem like conflicting messages between between the the two, two, especially if we haven't peeled back the layers of, like you said, is all if, if all we're left with is the Death Row personification of Tupac, um, Thug Life. And how he and how he ended up dying, ripping mob. You see what I'm right. saying? Um, mm-hmm. You wouldn't you right, wouldn't right, see right. how Tupac and Chuck D have much at all in common. Um, but this may be the mm-hmm. first blasphemous thing that some people. I didn't buy any of that shit from Tupac. 
No, yeah, I know. So oh, yeah, we're gonna, we gonna get crucified. I I didn't and the Tupac that I believed was the revolutionary Holly, if mm -hmm. you hear me, um, same game, uh, Tupacalypse Now, first album, Tupac. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's what mm -hmm. I was like saying, and even uh, digital, not same game, same song. I'm sorry, same song with digital right. underground, like that, that the same digital song. underground, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, moms being Asada Shakur, Black Panther, Tupac is the part that resonated with yeah. me, and that's the part of Pac that I yes. felt like was the most honest Pac. Right. Right. And, and and you know what? Just just I think this particular what I'm about to read, I think help will help the listeners make the connection between the two in case they viewed them as, you know, conflicting messages and things like that. And the Rolling Stones in the Rolling Stones um, article in June 20, 23rd, 2014. They published or they put in that um, particular issue Are you a letter Tupac wrote the public oh, in, wow. uh, to Chuck D specifically. Yeah. And and I just want to okay. read something that's dated September 1995. Uh, but he said, and he said, back in the days on tour with you, I learned so much from you, what I learned so much from what you did and how you did it. Um and then it says, it may be hard to see because, but you have always played a major role wow. in what it is I do today. Wow. The fact that you found that and this topic popped into my head yesterday, man, is like blowing my mind. Do you see, like, it shouldn't be, like, it's just tripping me out. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I know how influential uh, Public Enemy was to me, right? But for me to hear the similarities in Tupac and you know what I mean? I don't know that most people can hear the similarities in Tupac and Chuck D. Right. Right. But you, uh, somehow you did. And I just want to bring up this part and I'm going to get off the letter. He, he went on to, to say, all right, in the letter, he said, and to push my luck even more, I would be honored if you would appear on this track four, for my next album, uh, Euthanasia. He wrote, the track is called The Struggle <laughs> Continues. It will also feature Sister, Sister Soldier, wow. if God will. Let me wow. know. So, I just felt like that. Would it would, it did, and if that had happened, I don't even know if this conversation would be necessary. You see what I'm saying? Because that would have full circle brought True. It would have been easier to see this connection that that we talk about, but to know that it was there in real life, right? You know what I mean? It's like incredible, right? Wait a minute, I'm sorry. Oh my god! So after that, I didn't even see this part in the letter. After he said that, he said, "I just got signed to Jesus Death Row, Christ. so I should be working on this album soon." Thanks again, Chuck. I believe we can make a difference and I have every intention Jesus. of doing just that. Stay strong. Then he changed the title. But look, in the Rolling Stone article now, it says that Shakur changed the title of his fifth album from Euthanasia to All Eyes on Me, though 
neither Chuck D nor Sister Soldier appeared on the album. And and a year later, he was dead. Released Machiavelli album. Right, and so it says that the song that he wanted to do with wow. the song continues never came out. Tupac still wanted to do what that let that right there lets me un, helps me understand that the way I saw Tupac was probably the 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 truest. You know what I mean? From a fan perspective, not necessarily that I knew the man, but right. like right. like and, what I what I perceived to be true about him right, right. seems to be what was real and. That letter kind of lets me know that him signing with Death Row took him down a completely different path. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, Euthanasia, name of the album. That's kind of crazy because he, he because also the song that he wanted to do with Chuck Dion was called "The Struggle Continues," but uh, Euthanasia is. Uh, a simple definition is the practice right. of intentionally ending the, ending the painless life. killing of a patient suffering from an incurable and the, painful disease right. or an irreversible coma mm-hmm. hmm. in most countries which is illegal in most countries mm. yeah but wow so he was getting ready to try to wake us up but then and then but then yes. went to death row and ended up doing all yes. eyes on me. Right. Change it with all eyes on me. Yeah. Wow. That's just amazing that that one, like right there, we could see like there was a crack in the time consortium. You know what I mean? Like if we was watching Star Trek or some wild shit, like yeah, there was a there was a sure. crack in the time consortium right there where <laughs> everything was supposed to go right. You see what I'm saying? Like there was an the opportunity for mm-hmm. things to go right, mm-hmm. right there, and we wouldn't Absolutely. even be having this conversation. We wouldn't be necessary to try to explain to people how similar Tupac and how similar Chuck D, like how similar Tupac and Chuck D were, because he would have proved that out. Yeah. He had intentions to prove that out. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, just for the people, right? We we decide that we want to talk about certain things. And sometimes, based on what we're going to talk about, we do research because the topic requires that we do research, right? This topic was our, our. we were going to have a conversation about an opinion that I had, and we were going to discuss it to see whether it was a valid opinion. You understand what I'm saying? So we didn't do research. We just had an opinion. And then during the conversation, Mm -hmm. we decided to look things up, and what we find is that... (laughs) we were way more on point and then there was a time where even Tupac was having this conversation with himself and with the man that we comparing him to like this is blowing my mind I mean it shouldn't be it shouldn't be though because I see it in the music I saw it in the music like why should that why should it be baffling to me you see what I mean it was in the music Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know one part is it, it, why it's a little baffling. Beyond seeing it in the music, is because pop been gone. One pop's been gone for so long. Two, I honestly, I, I wasn't 
buying magazines or online reading magazines in 2014 when this oh that letter was put out in 2014 i missed that part yeah yeah june 23rd 2014 they put the so he had been gone in this particular he had been um, gone for what article 10 years more than that more than that that's 11 years yeah more. no 14 he died in 96 yeah when um so 14 96 years. dang that letter was yeah, published 14 yeah. years after his death right but just imagine that the letter was right out right people would have had a different understanding of who death. the man was you know what i'm saying his legacy yeah. And the thing is, it's like, okay, we understand. Let's let's maybe we started too too indefinitely without giving an understanding of who Chuck D is for a lot of these people. You see what I mean? Because maybe we went right into saying, yeah. oh wow, Tupac saw his saw himself as akin to Chuck D also. But if our listeners don't understand exactly mm-hmm. how we saw Chuck D or how the world took, you know, and you know what? Let's start that. I, I, wow, something just jumped into my head. Do you remember Public Enemy's first album? I, I do, but I can't rap every song for a baby right. like I could. So, so they first album, <laughs> name it for me. It takes a nation to million to hold us back. back what, right? Was the second album? Yeah, it takes a nation to million to hold us mm-hmm. back. Second, the first album came out. Hmm? Is the first album came out? No, no, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Maybe a year or two before that. I know you don't remember it. I knew you wouldn't remember it. You understand? It was a trick question. That's funny. Literally, it was a trick question. I knew. I I was like, if you remember this, because it was like before. (laughs) Yeah. No, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I wouldn't. Bum rush the show. The debut album is yo. <laughs> Bum rush the show. Hell no. I don't he had a, a song on there called "Sophisticated." Sophisticated bitch was the name of the song. Sophisticated bitch, like that shit was wild. Like Public Enemy was not. They were <laughs> yeah. a lot more what you would consider gangster rap. Than what you would than what you would call political. Yeah, and, and I'm re- it's funny. I'm as I read through the titles, I see the remnants mm-hmm. of what what they would eventually become. My '98 Oldsmobile, shit more, like that, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. My Uzi weighs a ton sophisticated bitch mm-hmm. you're gonna get yours mega blast but then when i see um you see it starting to creep in to yeah you see man, it starting to happen i said okay i can see yeah you see it starting to happen right um but i just say that to say that they kind of had a reverse you see what i'm saying of what tupac went through because they started a little mm-hmm. more gangster and then found themselves in what you would call more corrective and righteous and conscious rap. 
and Tupac started more corrective and conscious and late at the end of his career switched. You see what I'm saying? To being to being gangster and mm-hmm. yeah. the unthinkable happened at that point. You know? So I just wanted to say, just to go back to the beginning of Public Enemy, they didn't right, always, right. they weren't. I mean, not to say they was on there saying they was gonna kill everything because music was music was different. Then gangster hip hop was different. Hardcore hip hop was different. It was it was more the edge of the music, not necessarily that they was always carrying guns and all these things. But you could tell by the names of these songs, you can go listen to them. That some of these songs right. just had a little more edge Definitely. to them than what you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but then you get to it takes a nation's a million to hold us back which is their magnum opus and what they're primarily known for. And it's really the precursor for, would you say this is the precursor for what became conscious hip hop in total though? And I think most would agree. Yeah, I think so. Even those that, went on to do, whether knowingly or unknowingly, conscious rap, I think they would agree that this definitely was the precursor to that. Right. I think even if they never considered it, if they were asked, if the question was posed to them, they might they might say, yes, you know what, you're right. And if not, I would like to say, you know what I'm saying, I would say the this is the mm-hmm. precursor to it and okay. the forefather yeah. four would be yeah. the message. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like the first one is the message that I would say, and this this album, this project is the precursor to yes. this entire what we would call subgenre of hip hop. I would say so. That right there, that statement, and then you agreeing with it, I think is that gives a, a little bit of context of who yeah. Chuck D may be as the voice yeah. of that precursor. I just want to throw a, a quick, you know, quick side comment. Professor Griff doesn't show up until the second album. He's not on like he's not on anything mm. listed mm-hmm. on the first album at all. Yeah. It, right. That public enemy in the first album wasn't the public enemy that you it it, it just right. wasn't. Right. 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 It just wasn't. It wasn't S1Ws. It wasn't it wasn't militant. But what I was saying is I was I was I was wanting to make sure or to uh yeah, I wanted to reassure myself that they were already using the man in the scope logo on the first album. So I wanted to see the first album cover because I couldn't remember. Oh, okay. It. Um but they were. Yeah. They were the, the public enemy logo already existed. So they were headed down that road. Terminator X was there. Mm. You should go look at the cover though, because there's a lot of people in this picture. Um, this is um It's just I the I first just clicked one, it. Yo yeah, Yo Bumbers the show. And I wondered the only person that I think and I and I'm I'm I think to the far right in this picture looks like progress Professor Griff. And Flav is definitely in the picture. And what's funny is I know this album cover, even though I didn't know. didn't know the album. Yeah, right. I knew this album cover. And and, and I think 100%. Terminator X is over to the is to the what to the right, looking at the picture. Chuck D. 
Terminator yeah. X. I don't know that person. Looks like P- Professor Griff, and with the shades on, is Flav. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, and what they're doing, Griff, man. it looks like him. And what they're doing is, but he's not. In, he's not present on the music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what they're doing is actually snatching this record off this guy's turntable. But they they bum rushing the DJ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That ain't funny. Remember when Pot did the thing and he he turned over the dude, yeah, the bootlegger I stuff. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I come going to the movie. I come back out here. My stuff out here, man. Yeah. Right. He got rid of that stuff though. Sure that did. was hilarious. Um. So Chuck D was considered a black nationalist. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh. Wouldn't you consider early Tupac a black nationalist? Absolutely. I wonder what Wikipedia says about early Tupac. I'm going to look, look right now. We both are. Of course we are. I wonder if they would label him as a black nationalist early, early in his career. What they, what they would say is uh, he was, um, let's say early life. They, they mentioned the Black Panther Party. Is what it is, but mm-hmm. but that's his mom, right? It's funny. It says that much of Shakur's work has been noted for addressing contemporary social issues that plague inner cities, and he's considered a symbol of resistance and activism against inequality. Yeah, and then this uh, sentence down here says during his time in art school. Shakur became affiliated with the Baltimore Young Communist League USA. He began dating the daughter of the director of the local chapter of the Communist Party USA. <laughs> like, yo, Pac was on some wild. Pac was a fucking, he was a militant, right? Yeah. He was a militant. This is the thing that I don't think people understand how militant this man really was. Yeah, super militant. And I, I got, I'm going to try to pull up that the interview of the phone conversation he was having with his man in jail, I forgot, but he was talking about setting up stuff to police that, uh, for, so you could police our own community. And then he was talking about having rappers donate uh, mm-hmm. money for centers and things for the youth, all of this stuff, like, and bringing all the gangs together. It was, it was, um, I'm going to try to pull the interview up because he said some stuff, but my whole point, his whole talk and the way he was talking about execute is all very militant. Very yeah, militant. absolutely. I'm certain. I'm certain. But I mean, just to be, just so people understand that this guy wasn't, wasn't a, just a gangster rapper. Like if you, you can be a Tupac fan and, and, and really be, a fan of just a gangster rapper and not know anything about this stuff right here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's not really, and, and it's not fair when I can listen to his early stuff and get the same feels from the early stuff. Maybe not the same feels because Public Enemy was a completely different thing. You know what I mean? But I get the fact that I'm getting fed something that's supposed to be good for me and I'm getting charged up because I'm black listening to it. Yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? So those are the things that that, you know, I don't think we ended up getting charged up because we black listening to it because of the gangster aspect of it, not because of the pride aspect. Right. So he went from having a pride conversation to having a 
I'll bang you, pause conversation. Yeah. And I think that's why people don't understand the similarities between him and somebody that was doing the work of Chuck D. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think it's it's a it's a the contrast though is is that is this is a situation that lets you know that your circumstance and what it is that you went through and how that impacts what's going to happen next. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we just seen that letter that he wrote in 95. He was right. locked up, right? I think so. Yeah. For that. So, right, exactly. And then he and then he ends up signing with Death Row and all of the plans of positivity that he had. Not all, but they got they got uh contorted. They got twisted. Mm. Yeah. They didn't get necessarily diminished because you ended up having coming back with something he ended up coming back with Death Row East and getting ready to try to actually take care of artists on the East Coast. But that shit wasn't done with the same positive energy that something like Thug Life was. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know. And, and you know, one of the reasons why, right off the bat when those two names are mentioned, that the connection of similarities may not be made is because it, some of what you just said and also because earlier Tupac, we talk about Tupacalypse Now, which was, what, 1991 uh, it came out. Um, the, the more of him speaking about the struggles of uh, black people in the inner city and all of those things um, was more prevalent and forthright in, in that music. Now, when he, when he made the transition over to Death Row, it became more of an undertone. Right, and if you wasn't already on pop in the earlier days, it would be hard to find, you know, to to find it in the uh, in his later music. Now, and I say it's an undertone because uh, it was still there, and you you would still see glimpses of it there in certain ways, like on Dear Mama, um, mm-hmm. or certain uh, certain other songs he would mention and say things here and there. But it wasn't the dominant narrative that was being pushed as the lead artist of Death Row at that time. Right. Right. Now, where where you would find a lot of it is on the, uh, what was his, what was his crew? The, um, Outsiders? Not, I want to say Outsiders. I, I, yo, outsiders. you know what's crazy? It's because I shot, I shot that, I shot that to your brain because that's what was in my head. <laughs> that's funny. That, and that's why I asked because I wasn't going to say Outsiders and I yeah, asked yeah, you yeah. and you said it. Um, crazy. Outlaws. Outlaws. The Outlaws. The Outlaws. Tragedy, Gaddafi, Fatal mm-hmm. Hussein. If yeah. you go listen to a lot of Outlaws music, that music is a lot of revolution in there. Tupac, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? Like, even after he died, how the, a lot of his music just kept coming out. It, he was doing that music. Yeah. He was, he was, he was expressing it. Because he was in the studio expressing it. But a lot of it didn't make it to light. Not to not to like while he was alive, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I think he was like you said; it was still there. It was still there. I just don't. I hate that it didn't. I mean, shit. Of course, I do. I think if he'd have stayed on the path 
of being a little more conscious, nothing would ever happen to him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, um, yeah, I agree with that. You know? And he was, yeah, yeah, I think. And not to say he was ever the, I'm not saying he was, he was Chuck D. I'm just saying in his spirit, he had, the, he had the spirit of a Chuck D and his music was a lot more uh, human mm-hmm. than, it, than his persona would have you believe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, that's what I have to say about the the energy that they gave as, as, as far as how they how they approached uh activism and and you know where they came from with that i i that's my comparison and my contrast on that you know what i'm saying like i, I feel like one start like public enemy kind of started a little more gangster and realized that wasn't who they were and went to a more positive but hard edge route more re- right. re- revolutionary route and i think pot kind of started revolutionary and then at the end, flipped to a little bit more gangster and realized that to do that, it was to sell a little bit more records. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? So they just, mm-hmm. they, they, they mirrored each other in that way. Uh, now, and then, of course, like we already stated, their, their uh, political backgrounds. But right. when you talk about sonically, and when you hear them rap, this may be blasphemous. I know you say it's accurate. Go ahead. But Tupac, the way he uses his voice is very, very, very akin to the way Chuck D used his voice. Almost identical to the way he he used it sonically. I, I definitely agree. And now I feel like that statement, anybody knowing Pac and his music and knowing Chuck D and his music, how he rap, absolutely. And in the letter, Pac was saying, being on tour with you, I learned so much from you, the way you did things and how you did it. Mm-hmm. So you think he wasn't noticing the way he, his delivery, his style yeah. of delivery and how he used his voice? Because I, I personally believe, and I don't know too many people that do use, and I think that's what made Pac stand out. You know, Chuck D, you could pick him, 100 people could be screaming. You would know who Chuck D is. You could pick out that voice. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? That's a fact. And and this and it became the same thing could be said, you know, with Pop. Mm-hmm. Because he he learned how to make use his voice in a way to make it stand out. To make it boombastic. Right. He had right. a boombastic voice. And I think he earned he learned that boombastic or borrowed or pureed that boombastic voice in from from Chuck. And and he didn't worry himself the way Chuck didn't worry himself, they did not worry themselves with the most intricate flow. Right. They stuck to the context and the content of what they were saying and the delivery in which they, and, and the way in which they said it. Right. They put more focus rather than on being verbally, uh, lyrically intricate. They put more of the focus on how they said what they were saying. Exactly. Getting the point across. And getting the point across, yeah. What made it easily easily digestible and palatable to the listening audience, which is why Chuck D uh, and Public Enemy became so 
legendary and why mm-hmm. Pac became so legendary. That's right. Because when you listen to Pac lyrics, his content is good. What he's saying is good, but he's not necessarily saying it in the best way. He's not, so he's not the best okay. MC. So he's not you know saying, saying it. Let's, let's put it this way. There's two right. ways to think about best. He's okay. saying it in the best possible way if you want to sing along with him. But he's not okay, saying yes. it. The, he's yeah. not saying it the best way. If you if you judging it from a East Coast biased flipping MC, who's the best at rapping? Right. You yeah. see what I'm saying? There's one thing of being better at rapping, and then there's one thing of being best at the song. And that's why some people are gonna get always gonna say Pac is the goat. Yeah. And you can't argue with them because they're arguing a they're arguing a different best. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? They're arguing a different best. And you can't really knock their argument because there are not many people that were better at what he did. If that's the best, if that's the the, the, the bar that we talk about. Right. This man, name two, name, name two rappers that was better at having a topic and expressing it than Pop. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Have a topic mm-hmm. and express it better than pop. You it's slick no, rick. That, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like it ain't it ain't many. Slick Ricky is up there. You see yeah. what I'm saying? It ain't many. Slick Rick and Big. Slick Rick and Big. I knew you was gonna say it. I knew you was gonna say it. Yeah. <laughs> but that but that's one thing. Uh not saying there's not other things, but I'm just saying that's one thing for me that always stood out that I always acknowledge. Pop can Come up with a topic and express that topic and stay on top. And nail it. Nail and, it. And, and not time. only express it, make you sing it. Right. Make you sing it. If that's the style of music you choose to accept. There was a while we wasn't accepting the style of music he was doing, so it was different. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. you know, so. But that's just our bias. We can, we grown, so we can speak past our bias at this point. Yeah. But, like, for real, pop. Pot didn't rap as simple as Chuck D. I got a letter from the government the other, the other day. day. I opened and read it. They said they were suckers. suckers. They wanted me for the army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said never. never. You see what I'm saying? Right. Why couldn't Pac have said that? I can hear Pac saying that. I know you can because I can say it like Pac. <laughs> right. If I wanted to right now, I could, I could spit those lines like Pac. And and I'm glad you brought that up. So this, I think this is another point that can help the listeners that may say, I don't understand this whole pop, you know, uh, Chuck D comparison y'all making. Sw- just take any Chuck D's lyrics and imagine Pac saying it. Yeah. Because yeah. they're writing, because lyrically and the way they wrote stuff is this, is pretty much the same in terms of the level of comp- complexity of right, you know what I'm saying. They didn't and put we- the words in the same place because right. they didn't flow the same. But yeah. if you take those words that Chuck said and put them in the place that Pop would put them, it's the same shit. Yeah, it's very very similar. You know what I mean? And it ain't that. It, and I'm not saying it's whack because I'm saying Public Enemy, the album that we comparing him to. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Most 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 broadly. Is one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time. So I don't think right. I think people need to understand that we're not sunning pop and we're not sunning. We we wow. It's like some people would say we sunning Chuck and some people would say we sunning pop. 
Yeah, but neither is true. Neither is true. What we're saying is they're great, and, and pop is a derivative of what Chuck was doing, a puree. Right. And, and, and it's, it's no difference between me saying, and I don't know if this is the best example, but you can understand it, that Nas is a derivative of Kooji Rap. Absolutely. And Rakim. And Rakim. And I can hear and Nas' voice overlaid with some of Rakim lyrics, right? I mean, I can, I can imagine... Either way, them spitting it. Mm-hmm. And 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 Coogee rap as well. Right. Yeah, I can overlay those and be like, yeah, that makes sense. He's a, he's he's he 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 came from that. Yeah. You know, and it ain't and and it's funny. Okay. So and since by his own admission from the letter, he said exactly, exactly. If not, if we we ain't even gotta say if not, we can hear it, and he admitted it in the letter. Um. Are there some other people that you that, that you can see Pop got his puree from? Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm trying know. to I'm trying to see who it who it would really like where he got that thing. Other than because it ain't all Chuck. Like it's some things in there that Chuck just didn't have. You see what I'm yeah, saying? It's yeah, some, yeah, it's some yeah. things Pop had that Chuck didn't. Which is why Pop went on to become one of the greatest MCs of all time, and Chuck was able to produce one of the greatest albums, but not become one of the greatest MCs of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's because Pop had a bag that that. So maybe it's maybe it's not about finding the rest of his puree because you because Pop was all over the planet. It's hard to figure out where all of it came from. Yeah, you know what I mean, like stylistically, he morphed into a West Coast rapper, bro. Right, he did, but like when you think of like even his verse with I can see the faster paced East Coast rapping um I know so I know you borrowed from some of that some of the early East Coast faster paced rapping because you, when you go to um Digital Underground like same song his verse never clown around when I come around with the underground mm-hmm. girls used to diss me now they ask me if they can kiss me keep the yeah. change people say the rapid he was he was flowing like a rapid back to back at that point. yeah he really was he was yeah, I, he I remember the first time I heard that verse I was like what in the fuck is this and yeah. who is that like that's that was that was that had to win hip hop quotable had to had to that had to there's no way that didn't win hip hop quotable bro you looking it up, ain't you? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Cause that was like that was an epic verse, yo. That set the world on fire. The <laughs> hip hop world on fire, at least. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So his 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 flow was. That's funny because that that right there, he wasn't using his voice in a Chuck way. Yeah. No. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't. You know what's crazy is it's like the 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 militant stuff and all that was there. It's like, wow, when he started using the 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 boombastic, when he started using that, it's like he started drifting away from the message. Mm, yeah, yeah, but yeah, wow, but that that's very that's very strategic though. But but I'm going to use this this voice in this way that Chuck used it. Mm-hmm. Because because the voice works, but the messaging. Right, and, he, and wow. so it probably. But, but think about that. The thing about that was actually genius. Like I can do this style, yeah, and this type of narrative, but use 
a voice that generally have echoed something kind of different, mm-hmm. but like this is going to make it stand out from all of the rest of the people talking about this stuff. Wow. That's actually real genius. Brilliant. Brilliant, yo. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. And it worked to perfection. Yeah. You know, it worked to perfection. Like I mean, I'm just it's I'm just processing what this man right. did. You know what I mean? And and the thing is, it's like he knew that's what he was supposed to do because he writ rewrote the man and told him. Mm-hmm. But took the effective parts of what he was saying or what he had and used it <laughs> for his own benefit. Right. You know, not yeah. to say selfishly, because I don't know what was going on in that man's mind. He had just got shot. He was in jail for some shit he just didn't do. You know what I mean? There was a lot going on. So I'm not saying, I'm not judging him. I'm just saying that right there was a fork in the road. It seems as if. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he 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 took a couple tools at that fork and just and, and went the wrong damn way. Imagine if he'd have used Chuck voice like the boom bastard shit for Chuck and not went down that gangster route, dog. Uh, yeah, it's been amazing. It would have been. It would have been amazing for the coach. I don't know if it. I would. Do you think it would have worked? I think it would have. Because, it, because he, along with the using a voice like Chuck, as you mentioned, he had other things along with it that Chuck didn't have. Yeah, for sure. So You're I right. I think he could have made it work. That's like saying, could Big make J J Root the damages flow work? Yeah, because he had such a ill bag outside of what he picked up from J-Roo. Of right. course he was going to make it work. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. I totally agree. Man, I I like this. Man, We're going to have to think of some more compare and contrast, bro, because I, I think this was, it was eye-opening to me in a, you see what I mean? Like in a, it, it, it crossed my mind, but to have something cross your mind and have an in-depth conversation and research what you're thinking. Yeah, and find out if what you're thinking is valid or just some conjecture is is it makes for it makes for an interesting conversation to me. Hopefully, it's interesting for the people to listen to. But I I learned some eye opening things, you know, just in this conversation. Right. What kind of uh, dope? Go ahead. What I was gonna say. What other similarities? Um, hmm. If if the if there any others did you see between um, those two? Um, I mean the other the 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 other similarities. One of them is really is is not a like a real music thing, but it's more of a upbringing and how things got okay. started, mm-hmm. right? Because we all know that. Pac was an art school kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 
And that's where he found, not necessarily found, but he was able to hone his creative, his creative self there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sharpen it. And and you know, he picked he picked up acting. He he was already a poet. And if you if you're a poet that can act, you'd be damn if you can't rap. Ain't no way. Right. You see what I'm saying? If you a poet that can act, you're a rapper by nature. So that was gonna come. But the fact that he found all of that, you know, in the um in the uh wow, I'm gonna read this sentence in a second too. But uh the, the fact that he found that in art school and I compare that to public enemy not would never have become a thing if it didn't ha- if it wasn't for college radio. Oh. So that's where that's where Chuck D and Flavor Flav met. And the uh like I think one of their first singles or first songs was actually a radio promo. So it's like the education. The right. educational found is institutions are huge in the in the art, you know what I mean? In the in the mm-hmm. growth of the artistic process of both of these entities. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um I think the arts and education go hand in hand, but I think we've been conditioned to say fuck school. Right. You know what I mean? On mass. But a lot of your greatest artists find their 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 niche or eat shit mob deep man and you know what I mean that's they came from art school mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it's just I think that's one of the things not that not that public enemy was in art school but they were in school using their art to better themselves right you know and that's how they ended up blossoming into what became public enemy and I think Tupac being in art school completely helped him blossom into what we ended up seeing as an actor and rapper and artist. Right, right, right. So that's right. one That's one other similarity mm-hmm. that I saw. Yeah, I mean, it was already been highlighted. I think it's profound enough. But, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I was just seeing if there was in, any more. Yeah, any more, for sure. Need to, you know. For sure. Uh-huh. And I'm going to uh, read this sentence. I said I was going to read it because I came across it, and it says influences here. Uh, Shakur had, uh, let's see, Shakur had enjoyed, enjoyed and been influenced by the work and of contemporary English and Irish pop musicians as teenagers such as Kate Bush, The Culture Club, Sinead O'Connor, and U2. Okay? All of those, those are political groups. You yeah. too, Sinead O'Connor, especially. I don't know a lot about Kate Bush. Um, Culture Club, though, definitely spoke to um, societal issues in their music. It was done over pop music, so you really didn't know what they were saying. I didn't know what they were singing about as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they were definitely singing about social strife, if you go back and listen to it. Um, and then the next sentence says, his style on Tupacalypse Now, which was his first album, was highly influenced by the social consciousness and Afrocentrism perva- pervading hip hop in the late eighties and early nineteen nineties. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that ain't even the damn sentence. They're, they're, okay. Sh- and now I'm gonna go back. Shakur's debut album, Tupacalypse Now, uh, revealed his socially conscious side. On this album, Shakur attacked social injustice, poverty, and police brutality in Brenda's Got a Baby trapped and part-time mother 
on his, on this initial release, Shakur helped extend the success of such rap groups such as Boogie Down Productions, Public Enemy, X-Clan, and Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Mm. As he became one of the most one of the first major socially conscious rappers from the West Coast. Wow. Yeah. And didn't we just say that that uh public enemy was the peak precursor yeah. and and Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel and them yeah. was the was the uh forefather. Forefather, yeah. We could have wrote yeah, this. Yeah, Song the Money, yeah. Yeah. So this is definitely you got they the comparisons is, is in his Wikipedia. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the comparisons is in his Wikipedia. I mean, you can't what you gonna do? We we didn't make this up. We did make it up, but you know, ain't nothing new under the sun. Yeah. It's so, real stuff. No, man, that's so I think that that's great. That's great and the conversation is good because I feel like it shines another light on another aspect of Tupac beyond what is generally the general narrative pushed surrounding him. Right. And I think if anybody listening to this, if you're a Tupac fan and you didn't really understand it as part of him, then maybe like this is akin to finding Nipsey Hustle after mm. he passed. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because this is like you can listen to pop with completely new ears now that you have this information. Right, right, right. You know, because because now if you listen to pop knowing that this is his background and this is this is how he felt about things and this is how the world felt about his first album that most people nowadays don't really understand exists. Um, <laughs> you you'll probably hear this same stuff seeping seeping out of his later music because it didn't go away. Mm-hmm. Not completely. Yeah, you know. Um, so I enjoy this. I like this. Yeah. You know, I know. Do you do you have any other similarities, man? Are you? Is there anything I, I was think of? Nah, I can't think of anything else. I think we did highlight the most significant ones um, that is most relative to this conversation. Right. Yeah. So we'll say the um, the three that we really came up with were. And starting, this is kind of in reverse, uh, the origin of the Talent Foundation, right? Yeah. Being the educational institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one. Um, in reverse order, two would be the bombastic use of their voices to, to portray a message. Um, and we have evidence that Pop picked some of that up. From we have evidence from Pop that Pop picked that up from Chuck D. And I think the first thing we started with was the 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 revolutionary nationalistic uh even communist uh slant to their every being shit. You know what I mean? Just that like just the their 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 perspective on life was revolutionary. And it was expressed in the music. And and I don't think everybody knows that as much about Pop as they do about Chuck D. And I don't and I'm sure they didn't know that he was gleaning that from Chuck, because I didn't even know it until today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would say on the con on the contrast part is there is the mirror imaging of 
the the trajectory of the careers, right? One starting a little more gangster and then finding themselves in their boom bass and the use of their boom voice to be more conscious. And then the other one starting a little more conscious due to influence from the prior. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? And then near the end of their career, switching to be a little more gangster before their demise. Right. So it's almost right. like a, it's almost Too like solid. a, yeah, it's almost like a timeline. They're the same person. And then at one point they switch and, and it starts to go a different way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's interesting. You know, it makes me think about how many more Chuck D pop connections are there. In Probably these, a lot. There's, a, there's yeah. Probably a lot. Probably a lot. But I don't know, man. You think we did enough on this one? Uh, um, yeah, I think we. I think we. We made the points for sure. Yeah, I mean, I we made we the points, and, and I learned something. I um, definitely learned. Yeah, I mean, it was. Huh. We didn't go into this trying to prove ourselves right. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like that's the thing. I think, and I don't. You know, I like to give disclaimers because. You know, you, yeah. I listen to people's media, and uh, and sometimes things might sound a little bit contrived. And I would like for them to express to me when it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see what I mean? For sure. And this is one of them things. Is like, it's definitely not contrived, and I learned a lot. And I and this is one of those ego and confidence things. Not necessarily ego, but confidence things because it was a good conversation to me, and I learned a lot. I'm hopeful that the public receives it the same way with the same energy. Right, right. You know, and you're not always certain that they're going to get it. So I'm really asking for y'all to let us know if y'all get it on this one. Right. That's really what I'm asking for. I would love to know if y'all get what we're saying or whether whether what we're saying is some complete BS. Yeah, I would would definitely love to hear the feedback on this uh, and to see if even some of the listeners may have some things that they noticed right. that that Chuck and Pop shared. Facts. Facts. I, I would love to hear some additions to, to our list. Uh, or, or some people that say, yo, your list is shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so we can have that conversation because maybe, you know, just because we believe what we're saying don't mean that what we're saying is true. Yeah. Right, even though mm-hmm. Wikipedia says it too, <laughs> and, and, and Pop said it too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's evident in the music. Right, and it's evident in the music. But uh, you know, if we've done enough, man, I'll go ahead and wrap this thing. It's good. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Cool. Um, as usual, I'm gonna ask you to go to um Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Conversate for a few. Um, go to whatever your favorite DSP is. I don't care if it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Um, Spotify or Anchor, and make sure you subscribe to Conversate for a few hip hop podcasts. Share the show with your friends because that's the only way they're gonna know that we here is if you let them know. Um, make sure you rate the show, give us five stars, five mics, or whatever you like because we need all of that. Um, yeah. Talk to us in the comments. Uh, talk to us nice, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, share the show. I think I said that already, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, leave us comments and all that good stuff. Yeah. And stay tuned for the limited edition Futane Clan merch. I promise it's coming as soon as long as soon as soon as we can stop wearing these damn face masks, we're gonna send some merch out to y'all. Yeah. Uh and it's gonna have empty TDKs, Max L, Sony's, Memorexes. Uh I might even put a Fuji in there for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't gonna be worth uh, animation. You remember them? Yeah. They ain't worth a damn. If you Not if you save something on the animation, you better go instantly buy you some Sony's and resave because you don't right. have no information on there. <laughs> um, tell you that now. Uh, mm. But with that being said, I'm Jonna. I'm Alan. This is not a podcast about classical music. Absolutely was not. This is a podcast about hip hop. Make room for the tag. Conversate for a few. Conversate for a few. Hustle, welcome, man, they had to send me Hustle from Raleigh, live from NC With your host, John and Allen, relate to the two You are now listening to Conversate for a few Check it on SoundCloud, debate with your crew They talking hip-hop from the late to the new From July till June end, no Fridays for me Tune in, please listen to this podcast Please listen to this podcast Please listen to this podcast. 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 Conversate for a few. Conversate for a few.